And good afternoon, GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. And I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network South and Central Texas listening area. Thank you to everyone tuning in from Marble Falls, Fredericksburg, Kerrville, Uvalde, and right here in good old San Antonio. We're grateful that you've decided to spend this hour joining us and getting caught up on all things Catholic in South and Central Texas. And on this program, we try bringing you a variety of informative discussions, highlighting different people, ministries and events going on in the Archdiocese of San Antonio and parts of the Diocese of Austin. And today I'm super excited because we're going to get a chance to speak with Miss Johnette Williams of Women of Grace uh, to discuss the upcoming Sisters in Christ Tea Party that'll take place out at Our Lady of the Atonement Catholic Church on Friday, April 14th and Saturday, April 15th. Uh, and later in the program, uh, you're going to get a chance to hear from Monsignor Charles Pope, longtime Catholic media contributor and this year's Fishers of Men dinner keynote speaker. Uh, he and I are going to really talk uh, and highlight uh, Holy Week. So uh, again, uh, these are going to be some great conversations. So, But before we get to those conversations, let's go ahead and get today's program the, started the way that we should do all things, uh, and that is in prayer. And as we pray, ask that the Lord would make his will known to you and pray for the grace to accomplish his will and loving obedience. So please join me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear God, may everything we do begin with your inspiration, continue with your help, and reach perfection under your guidance. With your loving care, lead all of us in our daily actions. Help us to persevere in love and sincerity. Bless us with an abundance of courage in proclaiming your holy name and the teachings of your church. Grant us the grace to do your will in loving obedience. Heavenly Father, keep us under your constant protection and draw us, our families, and all our loved ones ever closer to you. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, uh, we are kicking off Holy Week. Wow, what a what a blessed time uh, it, it really is. Um, if you have felt that, you know, this Lenten season has, well, for lack of a better phrase, you know, has been a bust, you know, don't think like that. You know, let, let's go ahead and, and put all we got uh, in the remaining days leading up to the Triduum. Uh, and again, so we can, you know, really enjoy the glory of Christ's resurrection. So uh, that's my thought for the moment. Uh, any, um, and now we're going to be joined by uh, Miss Johnette Williams. Miss Johnette, are you there? Yes, I am. And I'm so delighted to be with you today, Sean, and with all of our listeners. You know, thank you so much for, for joining us today. It's always a pleasure, not just to hear the program that folks can, can listen to right here on the GRN, uh, you know, and EW10 programming, uh, Women of Grace, but you know, you've got such a fire about you, uh, especially when we talk about, uh, things that are good in holy, when we talk about things, uh, having to deal with, with the church. So I'm grateful for you taking your time, uh, to, to spend with us today. And for those, uh, who may be tuning in and, you know, who are, you know, new to, uh, you know, GRN and new to EWTN, uh, you know, radio and such. Could you introduce yourself uh, to, to those listeners who may not know who you are? Well, thank you, Sean. Yes, indeed. So, uh, you know, I have been affiliated with EWTN since 1987. 
1988 began doing television programming for EWTN. We host a show Monday through Friday called Women of Grace that is seen there on EWTN television at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. And in addition to that, I host Women of Grace Live Radio Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, it's been just a great joy for me through all of these years to be able to use the airwaves in both ways, both television and radio, to proclaim the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we have an organization, an apostolic work, uh, called Women of Grace, which is an apostolate to women that promotes the dignity uh, and vocation of women through the gift of their authentic femininity to build them up, to raise them up, to offer them spiritual formation, that they might be those women uh, of this our day and time who stand at the, at the intersections of life and uh, lead people through their gifts and charisms that are specific to their gender, uh, to the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, as Our Lady has done. Mm -hmm. Our Lady's mission to bring Jesus Christ to the world and the world to Jesus Christ, and we, through Women of Grace, seek to cooperate in that mission with our Blessed Mother. Amen. You know, you just mentioned something, Miss Johnette, uh, that authentic femininity, right? Wow, I'm pretty impressed that I was able to get that out on one try. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, you mentioned that, uh, and... Yo, can you elaborate a, a little bit on that? Because there is a, an attack on, on the culture, and we know that. It's real. Uh, but can you talk to us more about what authentic femininity looks like, and what does that mean? Well, yes, Sean, thank you. You know, I think we just simply have to look to our Blessed Lady, and we know what authentic femininity is all about, because our Blessed Mother is the quintessential woman. She is the woman of Genesis. She is the woman of Revelation. She is the woman uh, in between the pages of sacred scripture uh, that is always about uh, leading others into a deepening relationship with the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, women have been called by God to bring life to the world, Sean. Mm -hmm. And obviously we do this in a unique way, biologically, if it's in accordance with our state and life and our bodies uh, cooperate with that effort. But nonetheless, that really, in a certain sense, is symbolic of our greater call and mission, and that is the spiritual maternity, to, to, to birth people into the fullness of who they are. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, who is the fullness of the human person? The fullness of the human person is, uh, is living out and accepting and realizing uh, that he or she is made in the image and likeness of God. Uh, in Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image, in the divine image he created, him, male and female, he created them. So it is the job of woman. It is through the, the gifts and talents that God's given to her, the graces by which she uh, is in union with him, that she brings this spiritual life to people. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, we read also in Genesis 3.15 that, uh, you know, after the fall, the, the consequence that is meted out to the serpent is that there will be enmities between the serpent and the woman between uh, his seed and her seed, and she will crush his head, and he, and he will strike at her heel. And we look at that, and we see today, uh, I think in a, in a very uh, specific way, we see this attack against the woman. The, the, the battle is always between the enemy and the woman. Mm -hmm. And in our day and time, we're fighting for the reality of who woman is. We're fighting for it in ways that we've never fought for it before. Mm -hmm. And uh, it would be to the advantage of the evil one to take woman out. And I think that that is his ultimate goal because she is, by the, the, the metaphysical reality of who she is in the plan of God, she is the one who is called to bring the world to Jesus Christ 
and and to bring Jesus Christ to the world. Amen. Uh, I, I love hearing you speak. I mean, I can just, you know, sit back and I'll just let you take the entire show over, Miss Johnette. You know, if, if <laughs> can we do that? <laughs> you know, I, if I can ask you a question. So here you are celebrating 20 years of uh, Women of Grace, right? Yeah. Um, and kind of like how, you know, just weeks ago, we, we had our, our spring, uh, you know, Sherathon pledge drive and we were highlighting, uh, you know, the, you know, this month we're going to be celebrating uh, the 100th birthday of mother angelica and to think that you know you know in 1981 um or yeah i think 1981 you know this uh mm-hmm. this poor claire nun with only 200 dollars in her pocket you know would go on to you know really build up in her obedience and her humility build up what is now uh considered the largest religious or uh you know media or company uh in the world um here you are celebrating 20 years right um and, and such you know how does that feel for you to see how far along uh women of grace is, uh, has come all around. Well, you know, it, it's interesting, Sean. As I, as I mentioned to you, I started here at the network. I, my first time up here in doing anything in cooperation with EWTN was in 1987, and by 1988, I was doing television programming. Mm-hmm. That was pretty early on in the history of EWTN. Uh, as you say, Mother flipped the switch August 15, 1981. So I, I have been here for the long haul, so to speak, and have watched the growth of the network and have has uh, have been really very privileged to experience the way in which God has taken Mother Angelica's fiat, her yes, and in 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 uh, uh, fertilizing that fiat has given birth to all of these ways in which we are capable of hearing the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, when the Lord prompted me to begin this outreach to women in October of 2003, I really thought it was a one-off event. Um, yeah. You know, I had written a book for women. I had been speaking out to women's groups, and I sensed the Lord saying to have a conference for women. And I really figured, okay, well, that was it. I wrote the book. We had a conference. We developed a, a study after that, and I thought, well, that's that. But that certainly wasn't his plan. And, you know, we never really know. When we give our yes to the Lord, he, you know, sends the Holy Spirit and fertilizes it. And the next thing you know, things are popping up. So to look back historically uh, at these last 20 years and to see the growth of Women of Grace, we started off with this little foundational study. And, you know, certainly we had groups at the beginning taking it. But it is now something that has spread throughout the United States and outside of our borders. Mm-hmm. We have women taking the Women of Grace study in Latin America, South and Central America. We have women taking the study. Uh, you know, we've had women in, in Ireland taking the study. We've had women in um, Australia taking the study. Uh, we've had women, obviously, in Canada taking the study. Uh, and we just we just stand back. We have a, 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 a Women of Grace outreach in Ukraine, and um, through the inspiration of a woman who contacted me and asked if she could translate it into Ukrainian some years ago, Women of Grace was planted in Ukraine, and from what uh, this beautiful woman has told us, it, it continues. The women mm-hmm. continue to move in studies, even in this war-torn country. I could never have made this happen. I just want you to know. <laughs> you know, this is this is a work of the Holy Spirit and a work of Our Lady. And I am awed by it. I am humbled by it. And I just pray to have the perseverance and the strength to continue to do all that the Lord would have me do through Women of Grace, through EWTN, and in any way in which 
in which he desires to call me forth. Amen. Amen. You know, that's, uh, it's beautifully put, Miss Johnette. Uh, I want to now talk about, you know, um, you know, the, the, you know, Sisters in Christ Tea Party coming up. Now, this is awesome. So if I'm not mistaken, you know, if I'm not mistaken, you've been out here to uh, San Antonio quite a few different times, a speaker um, at the Fullness of Truth Conference. You've also done uh, events here at Our Lady of the Atonement Catholic Church. But could you tell our listeners, uh, you know, uh, about this Sisters in Christ Tea Party that you've got planned? Well, I'm so excited about this. You know, we do have a regional coordinator in San Antonio. Diana Marie Salzman is our regional coordinator. She's done terrific things with Women of Grace there in San Antonio. We have numbers of groups going on, both in English and in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is a parishioner there at Our Lady of the Atonement. And we have been there. Women of Grace had had a day there. And I was just so pleased and delighted to be asked back. And I will be addressing uh, the parishioners. Uh, on April the 14th, that Friday evening, we're going to be talking about living, living the power of the resurrection. And then on Saturday, we will be uh, there for this beautiful tea party, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, uh, that is taking place from 1 until 3 p.m. We're going to be talking about our Blessed Mother. We're going to be talking about entering the Immaculate Heart Treasury of Grace. And I am so looking forward to having the opportunity to interact with all of the ladies that are going to come, as well as offering them some thoughts, uh, giving them a talk about our Blessed Mother, about the Immaculate Heart, about the way in which our Blessed Mother wants to take us into her heart, which is her school. It's there that she trains us up in the way we should go, just as she trained up our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm very, very much looking forward to having the opportunity to uh, share with them about these marvelous truths of the faith and the beautiful reality of our Blessed Mother's maternal beatitude for us. Amen. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm looking, and you can, you know, listeners, if you're tuning in and, and you're listening to this and you're thinking, wow, this would be really, you know, great to, to participate in because this is, you know, the, you know, the Friday and Saturday, uh, in, in the octave of Easter. Okay. So it'll be after right. Easter, right? Uh, so April 14th, Friday, uh, living the power of the resurrection. And this is, uh, you're going to be leading a talk, not to just women, but men on that Friday, correct? Oh, I am, and I'm very excited to have the gentleman join us on Friday evening, you know. Uh, and, and this is a, a favorite topic of mine, to talk about the power of the resurrection, living in that resurrection mm-hmm. power. Um, Ephesians 1, uh, that very first chapter, tells us so much about this. And right there, I think it's around verse 17 in Ephesians 1, um, St. Paul's writing to, to that little nation, that little we church that uh, is really just getting its roots and getting its grounding. grounding and he talks with them about the immeasurable scope of God's power in us who believe. And he says, it is like the power that raises Jesus Christ from the dead. And I look at that and I take it literally. God wants to give us his power. He wants to give us his capacities. He wants us to share in his omnipotence, mm-hmm. his all-powerfulness, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be hopefully um, helping individuals to begin to realize that God is calling them to that kind of a witness and how it is that we get there. Uh, so this is a talk that is for men, it's for women, uh, it's for anyone who uh, is really looking to, to dig deeply into the reality of the graces that they received at baptism yeah. and to have these graces of baptism be ignited within them so that they can be more than conquerors with Christ Jesus in this age and time that needs that more than conquerors to be witnessed, experienced, and lived. 
Yes, ma'am. Uh, again, <laughs> folks, I'm telling you. So for the men included, so this is for the Friday. All right, this is for the uh, for April 14th, Friday. Uh, this is for That's both right. men and women. And look, real men listen to women of grace. All right, we're here to tell you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's the truth. That's what I always say. Real men watch and listen to women of grace. And we get as many men callers, and you know this, Sean, because you, you carry us there. Uh-huh. We get as many men that call in as we do women that call in. And sometimes there are days when it's really just mostly all men. Yeah. Uh, you know, because there is something... There is something about the reality of who we all are in Christ Jesus that requires this complementarity of the male and the female, and it's the way in which we express God. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that we get a very good crowd on Friday night and certainly on Saturday for this beautiful, beautiful tea that we're going to be hosting there at Our Lady of the Atonement. Yeah, and then so to talk a little bit about the April 15th, uh, you know, day. Uh, so that's the Saturday, Entering the Immaculate Heart, uh, Treasury of All Grace. Uh, this is for women only, right? So this is for girls 13 and up, uh, ladies only. Uh, it And, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a mother-daughter type of deal either, does it? No, no, no. It doesn't have to be that. And it's it's lovely when moms and daughters can participate together in an event like this. What a beautiful thing it is and what a beautiful memory it creates. And, uh, you know, we've experienced this at other Women of Grace events that these young ladies really hold on to what it is that they hear. Uh, and there's a special reality of that, that spiritual maternity of a mom bringing her daughter to an event like this. But we certainly don't want to indicate that it's only for mothers and daughters. It's for every woman that wants to come. Um, if you have a daughter and you can bring her, well, absolutely do that, uh, especially if she's in that age group. We need to let our young women know who they are. And, and why it is that God's created them and how it is that they're called to emulate Our Lady and how they go to Our Lady to receive that which, uh, which they need, uh, by way of her maternal beatitude. So, you know, it, it is for that. But we think that every woman, uh, certainly is going to grow through what they're going to hear. Uh, I, I do believe that when God calls us together, He calls us together for a reason and a purpose. Yeah. And that reason and purpose is always to bless us. So I tell people, if you want to get the blessings of the Lord, you've got to get under the spot where the glory pours out, right? So you've got to come to get the blessing that he has in mind for you to receive. So it's for every woman, and we certainly do hope that women will come out and support this beautiful, beautiful event that's being held there. I know I am, I am so looking forward to it. <laughs> if you can imagine me getting any giddier than I am right now, I just love talking about the Lord and Our Lady. But the fact of the matter is, just to be with my dear sisters in Christ in San Antonio, what a blessing for me it is. Amen. Uh, again, folks, if you're just tuning in, having this wonderful discussion with Miss Johnette Williams of Women of Grace, uh, she's going to be you know, hosting uh, a two-day event. So this is April 14th, a Friday, um, and April 15th on a Saturday at Our Lady of the Atonement. Uh, this is the second annual Sisters in Christ Tea Party. The Friday talk is open to men and women. You can go to the Women of Grace website at womenofgrace.com. Click on the tab at the top for events uh, and then find, uh, you know, the Sisters in Christ Tea Party. Miss Johnette, look, I can't thank you enough for spending the time with us. I really hope to, I, I'd, I'd like to plan myself to, to be out there and and, and see you uh, on that Friday, um, you know, uh, event. Um, and, you know, folks, you can always hear uh, Miss Johnette's uh, Women of Grace program daily right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network at 10 a.m. Uh, each morning. Miss Johnette, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, a blessed Easter to you and your family, okay? And a, a very blessed, uh, you know, Holy Week as well. Oh, and the same to you, Sean, and thank you for this opportunity to share with everyone. And 
Everybody, I'm looking forward to seeing you, and God bless you, and a blessed and happy Holy Week, and a holy, holy Easter. Amen. We'll talk to you soon, Miss Johnette. Okay, thank you. Bye now. Uh, bye now. All right, listeners, again, uh, if you're tuning in, this is your live and local program in his vineyard. Uh, just wrapped up a wonderful conversation with Miss Johnette Williams and her Sisters in Christ Tea Party that'll be taking place at Our Lady of the Atonement Catholic Church, April 14th and April 15th. Uh, we're going to take a quick break uh, here in just a few. And when we come back, you're going to get a chance to you know hear from Monsignor Charles Pope. Uh, he is our upcoming Fishers of Men Dinner keynote speaker, and he and I get a chance to really talk about the meaning of Holy Week. Uh, as we, you know, as Holy Week kicked off yesterday on, on Palm Sunday, we really want to dive into what this uh, week should represent and what it should be all about as we lead up uh, to the Triduum and, of course, culminates uh, there at the, uh, you know, resurrection at Easter. So uh, don't change the station. We will be right back. It's almost here. The 16th annual Fishers of Men Benefit Dinner taking place on Thursday, April 13th at the Banquet Hall at Holy Trinity Catholic Church. The last day to sponsor your table for 10 or purchase your individual dinner and seat is Friday, April 7th. Register now and go to grnonline.com and click on local events or call 210-579-9844. God bless you. And welcome back to In His Vineyard, your live and local program. Heard every Monday at noon right here on your local GRN station, online at grnonline.com, and on the Guadalupe Radio Network app. In this next segment, I have the pleasure of speaking to you, uh, you know, to longtime Catholic media contributor, column writer, blogger, and did I mention he's also a full-time pastor? from the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., and pastor at Holy Comforter St. Cyprian Catholic Church. Let me welcome to the program Monsignor Charles Pope. How are you doing today, Monsignor Pope? Well, I am um, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm, I'm more blessed than I deserve. All right? <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all say that uh, for, for sure, Monsignor. Uh, it really is a, a pleasure to, again, be speaking to you um, in just actually a, a week now. I can't even believe I'm saying this, but in, in just a week, we're going to be celebrating the great feast of Easter, celebrating our, our you know, the Lord's resurrection. Uh, but before we get to all that, I really want to take some time to, to, to discuss with you, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell us about your parish there in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., um, you know, and maybe let's start the conversation there. Yeah, well, as I say, I have, a, I guess, for a city parish, um, um, an average size parish, um, got about 600 on a Sunday and, um, we have, um, we had five people coming into the church, um, at, uh, you know, the Easter vigil, uh, all, all baptisms. So that's good. We're going to celebrate, uh, with that. And we're, um, you know, we've been through a good, I think a good Lenten run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the Lenten season, even if at times, um, I think in the modern age, it's harder to stay focused, you know, but we've had a good run and uh, a lot of good uh, uh, Lenten devotions, especially the stations and Eucharistic adoration. Mm -hmm. So I I commend God's good people for for being serious. 
Yes. You know, amen to that. You know, and we talk about as you know the Lenten season, and, and I can't even believe we're we're about to, to to finish it up, right? I mean, we've journeyed for for five weeks now, uh, and in those five weeks, there's probably been you know some some peaks and valleys uh, to our own Lenten journey. I myself, uh, you know, there's been days where like, oh man, you know, I I, I missed on I missed out on doing this, but I think a lot of times, Monsignor, and maybe you you agree with me, maybe you can tell me different, but there's a lot of people. Uh, out there, uh, a lot of us that may look up and think, wow, we did not make the best use of our Lenten times. But you know, there's still days left in that, right? So uh, what is it that we can do with the time left uh, to really still, uh, you know, allow this Lenten season to bear fruit for us? Well, you know, Holy Week is certainly a very special time to uh, really get focused. Um, It's um you know, we're starting, you know, with, the, you know, we, we only, we only think of like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, but really all of Holy Week, um, I, I usually publish on my blog a daily journal of where the Lord was every day of Holy Week. Mm-hmm. Um, but just walk with Him specially, and if you can do a little extra fa- fasting or abstaining or, or, uh, just extra prayer, uh, that's a very important time to do it. Just get really focused. And you know, the first thing you said, I want to make a comment too. It isn't always necessarily a total loss if we made some commitments and we, didn't keep them as well as we wanted or we fell short in some way that's a good lesson in humility mm-hmm. <laughs> you know we need we need a savior we are so weak sometimes and I, i'm not sitting around making excuses i'm just explaining not the you know i'm, I'm not uh, trying to excuse but um it's um uh, we really need a savior and this you know sometimes in lent we even the the few things we make um are hard to keep um you know, part of it, I think, too, Sean, is that we're living in a culture that doesn't support us anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be uh, back in Europe and then also here even in America. There were We worked more together as a group, and, and the whole focus, you know, Catholics together didn't eat meat on Fridays. You know, we, we were very together on these things and sure. supported each other. And that's just not true. You step out of uh, your front door. You don't even have to step out your front door. Just step onto the Internet for a minute, and you're not in a Lenten world. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's everyone's. Oh, the cherry blossom festival is coming, and everyone's just you know uh, looking at looking at life that way. So we got, I think, a lot of things that are against. And I will say finally, if I can be opinionated, uh, <laughs> which is uh, in the in the uh, Roman rite, the Western rite of the Church, we are not. I mean, there there really isn't much expected of us now. In the Eastern rites, I'd be interested at some point in hearing from Eastern Catholics. They still have a pretty hmm, pretty solid discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, but on our, our side of the aisle, you know, St. Paul says, he says, if, if the trumpet sounds an uncertain call, who will muster for battle? And so, so little is really expected. It's hard for a lot of us to take things seriously. So without making these things sound like excuses, I think that we have to um, realize that it's, it takes a lot more personal effort than maybe it used to. Um, back in, back in the days when there was more of a culture of Catholicism mm-hmm. and also even in our country, more of a religious culture overall. You know, uh, I love how you explain that. And sometimes I catch myself thinking what, you know, uh, the, the living out of the faith was like, you know, in, in years past, right? In decades past. Uh, and I, I would ask you, cause these are things that we could take up, um, on our own, right? I mean, we don't need someone. We don't need, uh, our pastor. We don't need our bishops telling us how to live out the faith. Uh, what are some of those practical things that we can be doing, uh, to really, uh, kind of turn it up a, a bit and, 
and are living out our, our faith, especially during a time uh, like Lent and, and with Holy Week upon us. You know, I'm Sean, I'm very wired for Scripture. <clears throat> so I certainly think that, um, especially as Holy Week unfolds, it's possible for us, and I, I try to supply that with my blog, mm-hmm. um, to give scriptural references to really closely read scripture and meditate and follow what Christ is doing each day of Holy Week. It's mm-hmm. remarkable all the things he did that last week. Um, man, if I knew I was going to be dead by the end of the week, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'd be out <laughs> teaching and preaching and... You know, I might be like, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, <laughs> but the Lord's out there and um, teaching a lot of important things. But to walk closely with him and even before Holy Week sets. And, you know, again, we have these final days um, to um, uh, to intensify our, our acts of charity as mm-hmm. well. I uh, don't know um, how you're doing, no, not you personally, but I mean all of our listeners, how you doing with almsgiving, you know, and mm-hmm. um, it might be a time to say, well, even if I can't do it right now, what can I do to schedule maybe some uh, some either time, talent, or treasure that I could uh, set aside for for others? It's not just about uh, prayer and fasting, it is, but it's, it's also about almsgiving, and uh, how can I be more regular or systematic about that perhaps uh, and again remember this is not just for people who are in hunger or physical needs but even you know here the grn network you know um can i be more supportive people are spiritually hungry and sometimes even they don't know they're spiritually hungry <laughs> yeah. so we have to sort of summon that from them uh, and realize and so that's what the beautiful work that you do on the radio here um all of us you know this needs support so again to sort of be systematic and uh, in, in looking at how am i doing um, looking, uh, make make sure if you have not been to confession, oh, yeah. any Lent without con- going to confession is really a disgrace. Yeah. And uh, look, what does it take to get to confession? You know, for most of us, um, you know, the church provides ample opportunities, mm-hmm. especially during Lent, mm-hmm. and uh, shame on parishes that don't. But, um, yeah. you know, uh, get to confession. Uh, the, these are just times to just sort of focus uh, on one or two things to make sure that I get get done and more more um, focused about you know that's uh i'm glad you mentioned the you know you you mentioned confession uh and i think you know that we we do a you know our archdiocese of san antonio here uh really makes the sacrament very available i mean the deaneries uh the parishes within the deaneries i mean there's a lenten reconciliation service uh going on almost Almost every week, uh, almost every day of every week, uh, you know, for uh, the during the Lenten season. So it really just becomes a matter of us making that personal's choice uh, to say, "Hey, I I want to be reconciled to God." Uh, and not to mention the fact that even if uh, you know one hasn't gone to confession for the entire year, it's actually obligatory, if I'm not mistaken to go during the season of Lent, right? If you're going to go at minimum once a year during the season of Lent. Uh, am I right with that, Monsignor? Yeah, and I think there's a couple of uh, maybe things to add to that. Sure. One is not absolutely obliged and if they're not aware of mortal sin, but I'm, I'm going to try to figure out how does somebody get through a whole year yeah. <laughs> without even one mortal sin? Uh, you know, again, well, I don't have any, well, you know, we can be pretty unkind and we can um, sure. say some pretty hurtful things. So it's not just about, you know, maybe the, the big, more big obvious things, but, you know, all the commandments specify a lot of behaviors, mm-hmm. you know, everything from stealing to, 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 to you know, uh, lying or, you know, just sin of speech in general and yeah my gosh we can we can say the most hurtful things sometimes or discouraging things or spread sure. gossip so you know come on y'all i mean you tell me you get through I mean, you must be a saint mother Teresa. that's good to meet you you know <laughs> i mean 
I'm here, Father, but I can't think of anything I've done that's wrong. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, know, if I so. only had that problem, I'd I tell you, it's <laughs> right. Uh, again, uh, there uh, are very ample opportunities to, to be reconciled, uh, and it is a, a wonderful gift that, that we do have uh, to to go be reconciled to God, especially, uh, you know, leading up to uh, this wonderful celebration of Easter, which we've been preparing for the last, uh, you know, few weeks now. And if you could, Monsignor, you know, if, could you take us and walk us through, uh, you know, what this, uh, what the days of Holy Week, uh, you know, really mean to us? Uh, and traditionally speaking, you know, what those celebration of the days are. Maybe let's start back with, you know, with, with yesterday, uh, you know, with, with, uh, you know, Palm Sunday. I mean, Jesus uh, arrives triumphantly into the city. Uh, everyone is praising him. They're laying, you know, palm branches at, at his feet. Uh, they mm-hmm. put him up on, you know, and he's riding into the city, uh, you know, on, on the back of a, a, a donkey or so. Uh, and but not a week later, mm-hmm. we completely turn on him. Could you walk us through the week, Monsignor? Yeah, so I mean, you know, yesterday with Palm Sunday, we sang praises that the Lord entered. You know, they were saying, "Will He come to the feast?" They're plotting to kill Him. You know, there, there's, you know, will He come? Will He show Himself? You know, these are the things that um, you know occur to them, and um, so we see the, um, um, you know, the, the the opening, if you will, of um, um, Holy Week as uh, you know, again, a, a triumphant thing. Now, it's it says, um, however, that. Um, the Lord didn't go up onto the Temple Mount that day, but he, he we sort of went. He went and he had a look, mm-hmm. and they turned. And then at, at the night, he went up to Bethany. Now, to, in order to get to Bethany, you got to go across the Kidron Valley, kind of where the Garden of, uh, of Olives is, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And uh, he, but he he took a good look at the Temple area, and then he went across and up up the hill there, which is a steep hill. And uh, up on the Mount of Olives, and just over the brow of that hill is a town, little town called Bethany. You can go there today, um, see the house of Lazarus, the tomb of Lazarus, and so on. And that's where he stays the night. Um, so we have, um, um, you know, that, that's, if you will, this, the, the very first week, which is Palm Sunday. Now, the next morning... Um, we, um, uh, you know, we see that the Lord comes down, comes back down from, um, during, you know, with the, he comes back down from the, um, um, the Mount of Olives from Bethany and, uh, he goes into the temple area and he mm-hmm. sees shameful practices there, yeah. um, where they're spying and selling and so on. And so once again, he, um, uh, he approaches and he sees the city, but before he even went down in Jerusalem, he sees the city and he says, he wept over Jerusalem. He says, if only you'd known this day what would be, what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. And he talks about, he makes the, in the Mount Olivet Discourse, he makes a, a cry for the city to wake up because uh, mm-hmm. otherwise their destruction is set. And he was speaking ultimately the destruction of Jerusalem that took place 40 years later, yeah. 40 biblical years later. And, um, but again, he goes down into Jerusalem and up into the temple area. Seeing this, he drives out the money changers and the, and they all, and we might, what's he so angry about? Well, again, fundamentally, um, there is this, um, um, selling and practice of, of things that's going on in the court of the Gentiles. That's part of the temple area that was reserved for the Gentiles to pray. Well, who, who cares about Gentiles? We're going to set up the market here. So this was not an area. They, there were legitimate things that needed to be done in the temple area to uh, get an animal or different things, but not in the court of the Gentiles. He drives them out. 
So again, that's a pivotal event, and it pretty much seals the fate. They they spend the rest of the week trying to trap him and get him. Now, after having done this, he he goes back across the Kidron Valley up to Bethany uh, for the night, and uh, that's Monday of Holy Week. I better move a little faster, I guess. <laughs> but but uh, on on Tuesday, um, the um, as they're coming down. Uh, by the way, the Lord had uh, on the way up. He cursed a fig tree. <laughs> now the fig tree is a symbol of Israel, mm-hmm. um, and um, so that's the, the, the kind of the point of it. But on the way back, uh, they, they see this fig tree all withered now, and um, Peter remembered and looked. But anyways, they, they, he goes into the temple courts, and he's confronted by what he, for what he did yesterday by the authorities, and um, they um, they confront him by by what authority do you do these things? It's an interesting question, um, but um, he. Um, uh, because they, they, what he did was sort of known as a prophetic action. The Lord didn't just lose his temper. This is what's called a prophetic action, where he prophetically does something that's memorable. And they say, well, you, you've acted like a prophet. By what authority do you call yourself a prophet? Answer. Yeah. And they uh, and they deliberated among themselves, but Jesus um, will not answer them. And then he begins to tell parables um, about uh, the, destru- the coming destruction of Israel. Talks about a, two two men, uh, um, two has two sons, and one obeys his father, the other doesn't, and so on. He, he gives parables like that during mm-hmm. the day. And then um, uh, the parable of the vineyard, you might remember, where they come and kill the oh, kill the the son uh, right. and, and so on. And I could go on, but he tells these parables, and then he goes back up to Bethany that night. Now on Wednesday, we call that Spy Wednesday, hmm? Spy Wednesday, because there's um, um you know uh, this is the day when Judas you know made the actual formal arrangements to uh, to hand the Lord over. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't um, uh, we don't see a lot of these these things going. It looks like they were preparing for a meal. Um, up there, a very special meal just before the Passover. And this is where the woman with the alabaster jar anoints his right. feet with expensive perfume and so on. So this day he stays up in Bethany, and uh, unfortunately Judas slips away and is he's doing doing his uh, uh, sinful things. And um, so um, now uh, on Thursday, this is where it gets very much more familiar for us. This is the day when the the Passover meal. I'm using the the, the tradition of Matthew, Mark, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. This is when the Last Supper takes place, and. Um, I don't know if I need to stop there, Sean, in case you want to just, uh, I know that I've, I've taken more time. No, no, no. This is, this is wonderful because I think what happens is as, you know, as we progress through, you know, th- this week, uh, I think it's, j- it, you know, these days tend to, you know, it, it almost seems like the, the journey's coming to an end. Uh, mm-hmm. Things can, can, can seem kind of uh, mundane and they're anything but you know, I mean, there's nothing mm-hmm. uh, just normal uh, about this week. And as you're describing, you know, the events of, of this week, it really, I can't help but to think how uh, you have at, let's say, Palm Sunday, you know, you have this high moment of anticipation, right? Like there's so much excitement going on. Uh, and then you kind of go down the hill a little bit. Uh, when, and like you're saying, you know, Wednesday, and it's kind of like when you're watching a movie, you know, you have those, uh, those, uh, climaxes, uh, and such a, in the movie, and then it kind of just goes back to being a little, little normal, right? A little less exciting per se. Mm-hmm. But then here, you're already getting back to, you know, the, the top side of the hill almost, Monsignor, and that's mm-hmm. with, um, with, you know, Holy Thursday, with Maundy Thursday. Can you pick up there? 
Yeah, early in the morning, the Lord sends a couple of his disciples to go and make preparations. He, he, he gives some cryptic instructions. Why is this? Well, because he knows they're plotting to kill him, but this isn't just the moment yet. So they're cryptic instructions. Go, you'll meet a man carrying a water jar. That's unusual. Mm-hmm. And then he'll tell you, he'll show you a room, you know, and I want you to get it ready for our Passover. So that's the morning. And again, then by the evening, of course, we know this is when they gather for the, for the first mass, but the last supper, yeah. um, where the Lord, uh, you know, if you will, ordains them priest and, and, uh, commissions them to celebrate the Eucharist as priest. And, um, and so on. Now I want to tell you, Sean, the, the last supper was nothing short of a disaster. I mean, yeah. <laughs> in the sense of just the human interactions. It's just awful right. how they treat the Lord. He, he says, I with desire, I've desired. He washes their feet. And then the very next thing, they're all debating about yeah. who's the greatest. <laughs> Yeah, on the table. Now, this is, by the way, he says, one of you will betray me. And, oh, how can this be? Who would ever do such a thing? What's going on? And then they break out into a debate about who's the greatest. And that's how Judas slips away. You know, they, they don't even notice him slipping away as he goes to uh, prepare to betray the Lord. And uh, it was night. And then the Lord goes on and he gives the beautiful kind of discourse that's uh, recorded in John's gospel. And uh, mm-hmm. And they interrupt him, <laughs> where he says, Father, you know the way and I, that I take. And, and, and Thomas says, but we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? What are you talking about? <laughs> and then, and then, and then uh, he's interrupted. Um, uh, you know, one of the disciples interrupts him, and, um, and he says, um, Lord, you, you say you're going to show us the Father. Yes, yeah, show us the Father. Then we'll be satisfied. And he says, oh. Have I been with you all, all this, this time, time and still you don't know me? I mean, they're interrupting him. They're, 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 Judas has slipped away, you know, and so on. I think it couldn't have gone worse if, uh, except that uh, maybe they would argue over who would pay the bill. <laughs> and, and, you know, this is this, I mean, think about what must have been on the Lord's heart, how heavy his heart was. Sure. And he's, they're acting like a bunch of buffoons. Uh-huh. And, well, this is, of course, us. We can't just laugh at them. We, we're yeah. this way, you know. And, uh, am I really worth saving? <laughs> You yeah. know, so anyway, as you know, they leave. They they sing the the beautiful hymn, and they leave, and they go across to, into the Kidron Valley, down to the, uh, the 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 garden there of Gethsemane, and there, of course, uh, the Peter and J- James and John can't even stay awake. I mean, think about it, Sean. This is the most pivotal moment in human history, mm-hmm. and the heads of the church are asleep. Mm. <laughs> Now, things have not changed, my friends. <laughs> we, we, we leaders of the church are still kind of asleep at the switch. But anyway, you, he's arrested, of course. That night he spends in, in the in the there's a cistern. There's a, you can go there today where it looks like the Lord would have spent that night in jail. He's, there's a quick, quick you know, mock trial, and he's mm-hmm. sent over to the house of Caiaphas. Uh, and they, 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 in the morning, they give him this. Uh, well, well, this brings us into Friday morning. And uh, very early, probably they got up early in that place in the Holy Land, you know, at, the, at that time. And six o'clock, there's an early mock trial, and uh, then they send him over to, to Pilate, and then Pilate sends him back, and, and I mean, sends him off to Herod. Herod sends him back. You know, it's quite a busy morning. Yeah. And but by nine, by nine o'clock, um, you know, Pilate has done what he 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 condemns Jesus to death, and yeah. Jesus carries the cross. From noon to three, Jesus hangs on that cross for us, and finally it's over at three, and um, uh, he's placed in the tomb. He goes down then among the dead, and on Holy Saturday we commemorate especially his time down among the dead, waking them up, 
And yeah. I don't know how much time we have, so I... Oh, I'll, I mean, I'll keep on, yes. <clears throat> well, when he goes down to Sheol, it's not like he just goes down and he's semi-comatose. He's down there. He wakes up to dead. He's, yeah. He doesn't go to the hell of the damned. He goes to the, the limbo, if you will, of the fathers, something called Sheol. Well, those, those were those who had waited for the Messiah and had lived as just as was possible. They were waiting for the Messiah. And he goes, and he starts with Adam and Eve, and he wakes them up. And uh, now this is not in the Bible, but the early church has lots of beautiful discourses about this going down the, the harrowing of Hades, mm-hmm. so to speak. And he goes down, he wakes up Adam and Eve, and what a beautiful thing! Um, he, he says to them, according to the tradition, "I, who am your Lord, for your sake have become your son." Awake, O oh sleeper, arise from the dead. And um, uh, Adam and Eve and then everyone else, uh, he's turning the devil's trophy room out <laughs> yeah, and getting them ready to go up to heaven. And then again, so that's what he's doing in that hidden period between Good Friday afternoon and uh, Easter. So. You know, I, I, I really enjoy how you explain that. Uh, I've seen the image, uh, you know, there's several uh, uh, renditions of uh, the harrowing of Hades, a, a, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. And it is a beautiful uh, image where uh, you have Jesus extending his hand, right, uh, mm-hmm. to Adam, to Eve, uh, those who were responsible for the fall. And here you have yeah. Jesus himself saying, mm-hmm. hey, uh, you know, you will be, uh, of course, you know, I- I'm escorting you back to paradise uh you know the gates yeah. have been opened uh mm-hmm. for you uh as well i mean that, that's just a, a, a magnificent be- yeah it, it really is uh, and a lot of times if i'm not mistaken uh in fact uh when we hear about you know jesus uh you know descending into the dead uh and i mean he preached to those souls if i'm not mm-hmm. mistaken right mm-hmm. i mean people tend to what think the like the there's this says. yes it, it's it's in the scriptures and uh, a lot of times um as we discuss it almost seems like uh you know people have this uh, idea like i mean what really happened but that's what happened mm-hmm. he preached to them hey you know i have come i have uh, you know i've overcome death uh you know oh death where is your sting right mm-hmm. uh and he's gonna escort everyone right through the very gates that we hope mm-hmm. uh you know at, at, at our own time uh we we will get yeah. to participate in uh what a beautiful uh what a beautiful uh, explanation of of all that you know i want to ask you monsignor uh i know you've been you know, you've been a priest now for for over 30 years right um, mm. Other than long days and long confessions line, uh, long confession lines, uh, what are some of the traditions, uh, if any, do you uh, look forward to uh, each year as as you approach uh, the Easter celebration? Well, of course, I, I love Holy Thursday. You know, the mm-hmm. Mass itself is very. It's a very precious moment of a pastor with his people because there's only one mass celebrated that day and mm-hmm. everyone who comes is, is hope you know the, the, the goal is for them to come to that mass and it's just a beautiful celebration with them and then we have the beautiful procession we always uh, take a lot of care and we set up a beautiful garden mm-hmm. altar of repose a kind of a and we put a beautiful flowers around it and it's uh for we spend you know until midnight the church is open and um, we um it's just a beautiful time of quiet prayer and tenderness and and um, then at midnight, uh, Jesus is arrested. <laughs> we closed, <laughs> the church is closed. Uh, you know, those who are there, you know, we read the account of the arrest. That's always uh. a very, very beautiful time. And then on Friday, of course, it can be a little wearying in the sense that we do three different sets of stations of the cross mm-hmm. and um, morning, afternoon, and evening. Uh, and then, of course, there is the evening service. So those are all uh, very interesting and beautiful times. Another big high moment, though, is Holy Saturday night. And mm-hmm. we come in with all that darkness, holding the lit candles. I sing the exalted. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, at the glory, the lights come on. Boom. <laughs> Shazam, yes. he steps out of the yes. tomb. Yes. <laughs> 
Yes. We sing glory to God in the highest. And first we do the, the and we intone the hallelujah. Just all these things are, are, are just wonderful. They're the greatest liturgies of the church this year. Amen to that. I, I do remember, um, and I, I would encourage our listeners tuning in right now, if you haven't been to an Easter Vigil Mass, uh, I would highly encourage you uh, to, to go to one. Um, again, like you're saying, Monsignor, it is one of the most beautiful Masses that you know we could be part of and we can be witness to. Uh, yes, the church being dark and then the, the lights, poof, you know, they, they come on, everything's bright, right? And, uh, you know, as you're saying, you know, we welcome back the Alleluia. We welcome back the Gloria. Uh, and it's just, you know, I'm sitting here and picturing all of this, uh, and, and it, it really is uh, amazing. Uh, and again, I, I can't thank you enough for sharing that. One thing I also want to talk about uh, with our listeners today, you're actually going to be our keynote speaker at next week's Fishes of Men Benefit Dinner right here in good old San Antonio. Now, I got to ask you, Monsignor, you know, do you just really like San Antonio that much? You don't want to take up permanent residence here? <laughs> well, it would not be a bad place to stay. <laughs> I guess I want to be where the Lord has me, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, if, if that ever happens, I'll, I'll be happy to be there. Amen. Amen. We are uh, excited that you're going to be uh, out here giving the keynote talk. Uh, and in this year's Fishers of Men uh, you know, dinner, um, you know, not only are you the keynote speaker, but we're going to get to recognize a group of religious sisters, uh, you know, affectionately known as the Salesian Sisters of St. John Bosco, uh, of course, the Daughters of Mary, Help of Christians, Western Province. But, you know, the theme for this, uh, you know, Fishers of Men dinner is going to be divine mercy and the role of the Guadalupe Radio Network in uh, announcing and spreading, uh, you know, God's divine mercy. Um, could you just touch a, a little bit on uh, that message of, of, of God's divine mercy, Monsignor, with, with all of us? Yeah, you know, I think when it comes to this mercy, it's just, you just can't overestimate the glory of God's mercy for us. Sure. Without, we don't stand a chance. Um, without grace and mercy, we're just, you know, we're just doomed. But uh, because of the Lord's grace and mercy, there is a really an astonishing gift to us. You know, but part of the problem, I think, today with how mercy is often d depicted or spoken mm -hmm. of, there's just so many elements that aren't in place, you know, for if you don't know the bad news, the good news is no news. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I think a lot of people are almost dismissive of their need for God's mercy, even if indirectly they just say, well, you know, I'm basically a decent fellow, and it's nice to know that God is merciful to sinners, but I'm not really that much in need of that. You know, I'm not like so-and-so. And that's a terrible <laughs> right. thing. And so this incredible, awesome, unbelievable gift of mercy doesn't really have the impact that it should. Sure. So we've got to talk a little bit about the bad news of sin and get in touch with that and realize it um, if we're going to really know how glorious mercy is. And the second part of it is related to that. The second error of our times is that so many people, including very high-ranking clerics, often speak of mercy without any reference to repentance. Amen. But you see, first of all, if I don't think I need to repent, then why do I think I need mercy? Right. So the point is that uh, and, and, and this repentance that's the key that unlocks the floodgates of mercy so that we start to see, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, my life is, I've, it's, I've struggled with these things, but God is so good to me. But oh, then the floodgates of mercy and grace pour forth. But too often people mean by mercy today, God is like really cool with everything I'm doing. Right, 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 right. And it's not, first of all, we wouldn't need mercy if that's the case. Mm -hmm. 
See, so anyway, we define it out of existence, even while we speak about it. So we want to get in touch with mercy in that beautiful balance, that little dance of understanding, you know, the the old, the ancient charisma, repent and believe the good news. Mm -hmm. We got to get that balance back and... Yeah, You know, uh, when you say that, uh, of course, I'm sure a lot of us tuning in have had these conversations with close friends, non-Catholic friends, friends that are maybe, you know, kind of, um, you know, living not so holy lives. Right. And even ourselves, uh, you know, when 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 we do those things. Um, but things that kind of come to mind are those conversations I've had with with friends uh, and the old, you know, Jesus loves me. You know, Jesus loves me. You know, uh, and again, uh, you know, he, he forgives me. And I'm like, yes, he does. But do you love him back? Mm-hmm. Because if you loved him back enough, then like you're saying, Monsignor, you would have that, that, that transformational heart and that call to repentance, right? Because mm-hmm. I, would, I would often say, you know, in the gospels, uh, you know, when Jesus encountered uh, the woman about to be stoned, what did he say? Go and sin no more. They forget that part, right? They do, yeah. <laughs> they forget that part. Go yeah. and sin no more. You know, and, your faith yeah. has saved you. You know, go and do likewise or, or whatever, uh, whatever it is that, that we talk about. But there's always that call to repentance. Amen. That's wow. it. Well, here I am preaching to the choir, right, Monsignor? <laughs> and by the way, Jesus says, you know, anyone who loves me will keep my commandments. Amen. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, again, I can't thank you enough for the time today, Monsignor Pope. Uh, for those, again, tuning in right now, you still, uh, you know, can, can listen and come out and sign up to, to register for the mm-hmm. Fishers of Men Benefit Dinner. Your last day to sign up will be this coming Friday, uh, you know, April 7th. Uh, go to grnonline.com and click on local events to register to hear more uh, from the inspiring Monsignor Charles Pope. Again, Monsignor, thank you so very much. And before you leave us today, uh, would you impart God's blessing upon each of us? Yeah, and I do look forward to seeing all of you. So uh, be there or be square, okay? (laughs) Um, May the blessing, the peace and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come upon you all, remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Monsignor, thank you so very much. May God continue to bless the work of your hands and a very blessed and holy week and uh, Easter celebration uh, to you. And we do certainly look forward to uh, having you here, uh, you know, next week for the Fishes of Men dinner. I do indeed look forward to it. Thank you. God bless you, Monsignor. And folks, uh, again, if you're tuning in, uh, that was a conversation I had with Monsignor Charles Pope, uh, our 2023 Fishers of Men keynote speaker. What a pleasure it is always to, to speak to him. Just a very inspiring, very soothful, uh, you know, um, you know, priest um golly i'm i'm excited to to hear more uh, from him next thursday as you heard uh so and then before that we had the wonderful conversation with miss johnette williams so Lots of good stuff going on within the Archdiocese, uh, you know, especially as we enter Holy Week, as we talked about and mentioned, you know, lots of things that we can still do uh, to really, you know, make, you know, make the most out of, uh, you know, this time that we have uh, to be reconciled to God, to, to get to confession. Uh, I think, you know, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton is actually 
Uh, they are, you know, doing confessions uh, today and tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. I know a lot of the parish uh, reconciliation services have already uh, taken place. Uh, but look, you know, if you feel that tug in your heart, you, you feel like, you know, uh, this is the time. I'm, it, it probably is, you know, then, then f- you know, get out there, find a way, make it happen. Uh, it's going to be beautiful. Uh, I did want to talk about uh, a couple things, though. Uh, we do have the Fishers of Men Benefit Dinner taking place next Thursday, April 13th, the 16th annual Fishers of Men Benefit Dinner, where Monsignor Charles Pope will be our keynote speaker, and we get to celebrate, uh, all right, the Daughters of Mary Help of Christians, Western Province, affectionately known, uh, as the affectionately known as the Salesian Sisters of St. John Bosco. We're going to get to recognize them and honor them with the Fishers of Men, uh, you know, recognition. Uh, there's going to be about 20 of them in attendance. So it's going to be beautiful to see them in there and their white habits. Oh, you know, just radiating the joy, uh, you know, that they do. So it's going to be awesome. Hopefully you can join us to register for the event. Uh, you still got time to uh, sponsor a table for 10. Uh, you've still got time to purchase your own individual seat. Uh, all that you can do, uh, you know, through our website, grnonline.com. Look, uh, you know, scroll down, click on local events. Uh, so, uh, real, real exciting times. Also want to talk about the upcoming, um, you know, live stations of the cross, uh, that's going to be taking place out at Sanctus Ranch. I know a lot of, uh, the parishes out there have their own, uh, live stations of the cross. I know the Archdiocese is hosting live stations of the cross, uh, there at San Fernando Cathedral, uh, but, I don't know, uh, you know, what the timing is on some of those, but if you get the chance, uh, you want to get away from the city for a little bit and really journey and pilgrimage, uh, you know, outside of San Antonio. Just a nice little ride, uh, you know, there in the hill country, there in Pipe Creek is Sanctus Ranch. They've got their live stations taking place April 7th. That's this Friday at 11 a.m. It's going to be followed by a fish fry. Uh, so check them out. Uh, also, you've got the St. Matthew Catholic Church. Uh, they are putting on a Love Strong marriage retreat. Uh, this is going to take place uh, there on the Friday, April 21st uh, through Sunday, April 23rd. Uh, for more information, you can go to St. Matthew's website. That's stmats.org. And with that, I wish you all a very blessed Holy Week. And if I don't speak to you, uh, you know, before then, a most blessed uh, Easter celebration amongst loved ones and family. So again, uh, join us again next Monday at noon for your live and local program in his vineyard. God bless all of you. Over the years, people were treated as less than human because they were a different race, a different faith, or vulnerable. But over time, we must learn that we are all God's children, created in His image, that all human creation has an inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, a right to love and be loved. So let's cherish the sanctity of life, because we know how it feels when others treat us as less than human. Clark Cardis, colon and rectal surgeon and fellow in the American College of Surgeons, is proud to be a sponsor of the Great Catholic Programming on KJMA. He's a member of Catholic Charities Medical Advisory Board and Catholic Physicians Guild of San Antonio and provides care for colon cancer, diverticulitis, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, and those embarrassing lumps, bumps, aches, and pains. For more information on his offices in the Medical Center, Westover Hills, or Stone Oak, please call 210-614-0880. 
The 16th annual Fishers of Men Benefit Dinner is just around the corner and will take place on Thursday, April 13th at the Banquet Hall at Holy Trinity Catholic Church. The last day to sponsor your table for 10 or purchase your individual dinner and seat is Friday, April 7th. Don't miss what'll be a faith-filled and joyful evening as we gather for a beautiful dinner and hear an inspiring keynote message from longtime Catholic media contributor, Monsignor Charles Pope, and help us recognize this year's Fishers of Men honorees, the Salesian Sisters of St. John Bosco. Join us in celebrating the Guadalupe Radio Network in South and Central Texas and our special guests. So don't delay. Register now and go to grnonline.com and click on local events or call 210-579-9844. We hope to see you there. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Thanks for listening to KJMA 89.7 Floresville, San Antonio. On the Guadalupe Radio Network in South Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Catholic Radio for your soul. And also streaming on grnonline.com and on your smartphone.